When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, August 9th. I'm Rudy. Jake Gyllenhaal says he finds bathing to be less necessary over time. I disagree. Jake, just do what I do. Once every six days is not that much to ask. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on A Long Walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher. And, of course, every single day at 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram. Today on the show, dating. Because who needs self-esteem? But first, let's say hi to some people. Hi, Jan. How are you? Scooter, what's up? Jim Norder, how are you, buddy? Hi, Lindsay. What's up, Wyatt? Good to see everybody this morning. Hopefully you guys had a good weekend. Over the weekend, I don't know if you guys... Remember this from last week. We played a clip of a dude from a Frontier Airlines flight. I think it was last, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Like 22-year-old kid by the name of Max. Already you know you're in trouble. When your name is Max at 22, your parents probably gave you everything. And uh, this guy, like, got completely hammered on a Frontier Airlines flight and then got arrested. Here, I'll play the audio from last week. No! I love this guy, right? So 22 years old, gets arrested. Here's the thing. During that flight, he was screaming over and over, my parents are worth $2 million. Well, dude, if you're so rich, what are you doing on a Frontier Airlines flight? Save those seats for the rest of us poor people. Knock it off there, Richie Rich. Jesus, go fly your private jet. What the hell are you doing taking a $35 flight from Fort Lauderdale all the way to Atlanta? Knock it off. Save it for the rest of us. Also, this is sad but true. Two million bucks is not what it used to be. Two million dollars is not worth that much. I mean, if you have parents and they are over 50 and they've worked their entire lives and they own a house in, like, New Hope, trust me, they're worth $2 million. Now, the dude was like, hey, my parents are worth $2 million and they live in New Hope. I'd have been like, all right, dude, let him blow off some steam, okay? Obviously, he's going through a rough patch. (laughs) He grew up in New Hope. Every once in a while, you just got to let it out. Uh, what's up, Bethany? Hoopty! What's up, buddy? Now, I saw that that uh, that happened last week, and then over the weekend, the actual flight attendant, who's a very funny man, goes by the name of The Spark. I believe he's a YouTuber, but also a Frontier flight attendant. This guy put out a video defending himself and defending the people of Frontier Airlines, and wow, this guy is comedic gold. Now, understand something. I'm a flight attendant. That means I attend the flights. <laughs> Sometimes our job has us attending to crazy people. (laughs) If you push us too far, you're going to have to attend this ass whooping. You see, because on this particular flight, I'm sitting in a jump seat 
And I'm just looking at him like the damn fool. He's spitting and cussing and going crazy. I say, that's enough. I got up and I walked over there. And by the way, this man smelled like a pack of Marlboro cigarettes, uh, four shots of Everclear alcohol and regret. So I know something's about to go down. At this point, he touching all over my coworker's breast. And where he fucked up at is when he touched my titties. Cause I don't play that. So what I did is I took out the duct tape. I said, he got scared, start stuttering. Say, hold up, wait a minute, something ain't right. I said, yeah, we about to mummify your ass now, boy. So we wrapped him up. Better than any Christmas present you ever see. He won't be coming on no more Frontier flights at all. Oh, I love this guy. Uh, let's see. Somebody said, uh, I thought he was a comedian pretending to be a f- the flight attendant. No, I'm pretty sure he was the flight attendant who was all. That's at least what they put on the news report that I had read. Ah, shit. All right. Now we got to go back and read this. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's his interview. Um, let's see. Last weekend, an interview of one of the flight attendants went viral thanks to the crew members amusing way with words. Alfredo Rivera told US TV Network, now understands, and I am a flight attendant. That means I attend the flights. Yeah, so he was, he is also, because, you know, like everybody's got a side hustle nowadays, trying to make a couple extra bucks and a name for themselves. That would be a sweet gig, though, right, man? If you're a comedian... And you're doing the flight attendant thing, and maybe you're doing some like layovers and like a night in Atlanta, and then the next night you're in Nashville. I mean, shit, dude, you could be like a touring comedian just working your gig, you know? And dude, the pictures of this kid, Maxwell Barry. Mmm. Oh, Muffy. Mm, Maxwell is out with his friends again. Mmm. Looks like Maxwell got himself in a little bit of trouble. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Uh, of Norwalk, Ohio, where people are already depressed enough, Maxwell. Why you gotta fucking piss on everyone's parade? Wrap your ass up, mummify! Dude, the videos of that kid are great. Just completely duct taped to the chair. It almost looks like a frat prank had happened. And just the look on this guy's face. It's like, dude, if we didn't stop this guy now, at some point there would be a girl down the road in a court of law going, uh, the last thing I remember is Max telling me, no, I'll run and get you a vodka soda. And then the night is gone. Yep. Jan says, Muffy is my nickname. That's also like the 80s obligatory name for like rich people in all 80s movies there was like a muffy or there was like a mercedes which mercedes has a stripper's name i get muffy has a stripper's name oof that's that's bad business man that's b team you don't want that you want a stripper that's named after a high luxury vehicle you know uh maybe audi is probably one that you never ever want to uh have <laughs> <laughs> as a name, but just saying, you know, uh, let's see. Dad is always named Dick. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep, you're right. Uh, let's see. There was always there, like there was Richard or Dick. Um, there was what else was there, man? There was also some like really good ones over the uh, over the course of oh, Thurston. Thurston was like a really good one. Yeah, Thurston was a really good one, too. Jan says, yeah, I'm a nurse, not a rich girl. Hey. Time's going to tell, all right? Time is definitely going to tell. Uh, yeah, so moving on throughout the the weekend, I actually had me a little date on Saturday. What? What? Going out with other people in public to share drinks and or food? What world are we living in? It's a miracle. 
No, this is the uh, man. I haven't been on a date in forever, and uh, went out with a girl that is ah, uh, she's great. She's super nice. You know, great job put together. Like got her shit together, and that's like, you know, the telltale sign of uh, of somebody that you probably want to spend some time with. You know, if they can hold down like a regular straight up nine to five, um, and uh, I just. I don't know. I was I was thinking about it kind of over the weekend and uh, I don't like obviously I don't mind being alone. I like doing that my own thing and I don't like having to like answer to a lot of people. So I just I kind of like doing my own thing, you know, just being lonesome is fine. And uh, over the last couple of months, like there's a couple of people that have reached out and been like, hey, so I got this gal. Do you want to go out with her? Hey, would you like to go grab a beer sometime? Blah, blah, blah. It happened. It, it happens from time to time. Very flattering. But there is something, and I guess maybe I'm not doing, I'm doing the thing that I, I did it for years, but I guess just like subconsciously, I didn't realize that I was doing it until now is somebody will try to set you up with somebody or somebody will ask you out. And regardless of what you sometimes think of that person, uh, even if you think like, yeah, they're they're great, they're fantastic, there's nothing wrong with that person. For me, I guess maybe it's just a male thing and maybe this like goes back to the, sort of like our caveman days, but I like asking somebody out and then going out with them. As compared to having somebody uh, ask me out, because I don't know, maybe it's just like there's something in our subconscious as males where we think like, if we ask this person out and they say yes and it goes well and it turns into something, then I have conquered. I have won. I have done the thing. I am worthy of it. I have, you know, completed my goal. Where if somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, you want to go get a beer? There's this part of you that's like, I I do and you're, you're great, but there's no like chase, you know, there's no like longing for. There's an old story that I I have heard many times about there's an old guy that used to go down to the boat store and he'd go walk into the boat store and he'd come and he'd look at a boat and he'd ask the sales guy like how much is that boat and they'd go forty five thousand dollars and then he'd he'd look at it for a while and then he'd leave and he'd come back and he'd look at the boat and he'd go so how much is that boat and they'd go dude it's forty five thousand dollars and he'd look at it and then he'd leave and then you know finally at some point after doing this for months the sales guy comes up to him and goes hey man um you come here every day and ask about this boat when are you going to finally buy it he goes well not he goes well why not he goes because if I bought it, I wouldn't want it anymore. Which I'm like, I get that. I, you, you can almost like put that scenario into any aspect of life. And it becomes true, man. It totally becomes true. You know, you want all the shit that you want. And then once you get it, you're just like, man, I think about like Freddie Mercury sometimes. Uh, Freddie Mercury, lead singer of Queen. And his biography, Mercury, is so goddamn good. I mean, it's probably... 10, 12 years now when that biography came out. But uh, it's a good read. And in it, he talks about how basically one day somebody comes to him and he's like kind of just on the verge of like, man, I have done everything that I possibly could do. I've done all the shit I wanted to do. I'm just like bored with life. And somebody goes, well, hey, man, there's something you haven't done. And like, you know, there's a couple of these guys that are getting on board with it. And there's a few, uh, you know, like Meatloaf just did one. And I think David Bowie had just kind of started putting one out. But hey, man, the rock opera, they're big money makers and people dig them. So bet you can't write a rock opera. And he went, oh, yeah, fucking hand me a pen. So for three years, Freddie Mercury busts his ass and comes up with the rock opera, which I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but you could look it up. 
But he works his ass off to be able to put together this rock opera. And it's glorious. It's amazing. Opens on Broadway and just like, you know, crushes for six months and whatever it is. Opening night, he's in New York. And there's lines of people, man. Freddie's face is up on the marquee and there's people, just throngs of people waiting to get in to see this thing. And Freddie leaves his hotel room and he goes downstairs and he walks over to the bar across the street. And he sits down and he orders a drink. After about 15 minutes, he notices, you know, doors are open. People are starting to pile in and uh, waits till the line calms down. And the guy with him goes, uh, you want to go over and get our seats? He goes, for what? He's like, well, it's opening night, dude. You got to go see your show. And he goes, I know how it ends. And he just like crumpled up three years of work, threw it in the trash. It was just like, fuck it. I'm out. Don't need it. And I thought that's a, that's a really good way to live. Man, that's a really good way to live. So many people, especially radio people, man, you goddamn fucking people win a Marconi and they're just like the Marconi award winning show. Yeah. From 1994. What the fuck have you done since? That type of shit happens all the time, man. All the time. You know, that is the one like noble thing that I do kind of like dig about, about comedians is comedians will, when they get an accolade, it's like six months, dude, and then it's put away. Obviously, there's a few in there. You get like a an Academy Award or a Tony. You probably put Tony Award winning such and such before you. Academy Award winning so-and-so. That's a big accolade. But, you know, if you were fucking 2010's funniest person with a day job, fucking dude, that shit lasts till... 2011 day number one. And then you got to put it away, dude. It does not, you can't carry that shit with you. Because people look at it and go, well, what the fuck have you done since? You know? And Freddie Mercury was like that. Like, just keep me moving. Um, In the show House of Cards, th- that girl, I think her name was, was it Chloe Barnes? I think it was Chloe Barnes in House of Cards. But Chloe Barnes, she was, she was at a job in the, the, the beginning of that series, if you haven't seen it, it's been out for years. This is on you for not having seen it already. But she's at the same job for years and then gets an interview. And this gal sits down with her and was like, so you want to come over and work for us? She's like, I don't know. Shit, I've been here for like five years. And I'm kind of working my way up. And the girl goes, why would you ever work a job more than two years? Like, if you ain't moving up, it's time to move. You got to start like making those negotiations and moves for yourself because they ain't going to do it. So I love that move with Freddie Mercury, though. Just fucking crumples it up throws it away and moves on. And, um, I don't know, do that with life, do that with, it's, it's a little bit harder with relationships, but you know, once it's passed, it's passed. No hard feelings. I think Tupac was the one that said, Hey man, uh, I don't want you sitting at my table, but I don't want you to starve. Like you don't need to have an enemy just cause you ain't friends anymore. doesn't mean that you don't want to see them. You know, I would be okay if people didn't go down the hill. I don't want to see you rise up the hill. But I want to see you stay right where you're at. You know, I mean, I'm, you're not my enemy. I don't give a shit where you go. I'm too busy worrying about myself. That's a good way to live. It's good. I mean, if, hey, if you want to write a rock opera and spend three years doing it and then throw it in the trash, you go right ahead. I'm not taking that kind of <laughs> time and responsibility. Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, to get back to it. Uh, no, she was great. Um, I don't know. Probably hang out again one more time and uh, see where it goes from there. And I don't know. So... You know, like you have friends that like will drop you a line and just go, what the fuck, man? Like you're going out with people and then I try to set you up with somebody and then you don't. No, I don't want to because I'm I told you before, I'm trying to fucking conquer the mountain, not the other way around. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is true though. And guys like, especially that is such like a domain of a, of a man, you know, totally the domain of a man. And I think maybe it has to do a lot of times with, I mean, even if you look at like female CEOs or like females in power positions, I mean, I had a buddy of mine that got like completely ate up and spat out by a woman who was like self-made and fucking like, I don't know, she was a CEO of some company and he's, you know, no slouch himself, you know? Um, but, uh, he was like always sort of like pining after her. And I kind of told him like one day, I'm like, Hey dude, listen, I, I, I know that we're all supposed to go. We're all created equal. No bullshit. We are not. We are not. That is, that is 1000% erroneous. We are not created equal. Are you fuck? Are you kidding me? The shitless layabouts that I used to hang out with, the guys that are still in bars, the guys who have like have not left their bar stools. We started going to these places when we were, you know, 22 and now we're all in our forties and those guys have not. No, there's a huge difference between that guy and somebody who goes out and builds businesses that they are not created equal. Okay. They're not. So when you are longing after somebody and they are saying no, it is because they don't view you as a number that is high enough to be with them. And that is reality on reality's terms. You cannot get away from that. You and your eyes, you're like, eh, okay. Like, even if, I know you're probably telling yourself, there's got to be like a percentage point that you take off in public. Where you're like, okay, listen, I know I'm not a 10, but I'm not a five. In reality, I'm probably a seven, maybe a seven and a half. But you tell people you're a six because you don't want to seem like an asshole. When you meet that person, they look at you and they go, "Mm, dude, you're kind of more of a five. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm not a five. But when you're like, hey, would you like to go out sometime? And they go, "Eh, you know what? I'm just going to pass. They don't view you. They view themselves much higher on the totem pole than you. That's how that works. That's just the way it is. Now, especially, and I'm only saying this, I I don't know about like other people. I'm just saying, I I saw it when my... (laughs) that all this dude did was pine after this woman and she finally said yes and then brought him you know brought him into her world and completely just like fucking poof just shot him out and he was like he was devastated he was completely devastated over it and i'm like yeah dude you weren't ready you weren't ready yet you weren't ready to do it you thought that this person was going to help you get a little further along get you a little higher up the ladder you know, not only in terms of like emotional relationships, but also like maybe, maybe professionally. And unfortunately it doesn't work that way, dude. You got to be the one to do it yourself. And once you do it yourself, your number goes up a little bit, you know, that's the same problem that people have when they, you know, when you marry, if you're two nines and one of you slips, there's a, there's a good chance there's a divorce on the horizon, you know? Nines don't put up with that shit. You're a nine. You stay a nine. You fall down to like a seven and a half. The person who's still a nine is like, we can't do this. We can't. I'm wasting my potential. That's And of course, and here's the thing about it, man, is that somebody's going to go ahead and like prove me wrong, which I, hey, I get it. Pierce Brosnan, not the best James Bond, but a good actor. He's done some good things, you know. Also very notable in Mrs. Doubtfire with Robin Williams, which, uh, by the way, remind me, I got to drop a quick recommendation in a moment. But um, uh, he was uh, he married a gal that was like 22 years his junior. I think he was like 44. She must have been 22, 21. 
And at the time, she's like a size negative zero, you know, super slender, super cute in the face, long brown hair. And then fast forward a few years after they've been kind of living high on the hog and she gives him five kids. She's put on a little bit of weight and uh, they've been together now for like whatever it's been, 25 years. And somebody asked him like, dude, what's up with, uh, you know, your gal? Like, you know, do you guys ever like talk about, hey, by the way, like, listen, I, I know it's an uncomfortable subject, but have you ever thought about maybe losing the after baby weight? And he's like, no, I, I don't see her that way. I see her for the beauty that she is. Regardless of her size, I know who she is. And she's also the woman who gave me five of my most precious gifts on this planet. So why would I ever give her shit about like having a couple extra pounds? And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's, that's great. That, that's a, that is, you are the exception, not the rule. That's it. Because there's a lot of people that would just like pull an, especially an actor, especially a famous dude who's worth like a ton of bucks. Most of these guys would pull anchor. Just be like, all right, we're done. Moving on. But, uh, but that's, that's just where it is, man. You know, that old saying of, I will work on me for you if you work on you for me, that there's a lot of truth to that saying, you know, take that shit to heart. And also we've talked about this before. Every once in a while, tell your other person, go do something by yourself. Jesus Christ. And that conversation over the weekend about uh, getting out and going around and doing things on your own. Go to concerts like uh, next, is it next Friday already? God damn, next Friday. Next Friday, probably my favorite of all time. Hands down, my fa- not only just a singer-songwriter. All right, I gotta, now we gotta find some. Because I. You, one of my biggest pet peeves about radio and podcasts is when people are like, you know what song I really like? Journey Separate Ways, it's such a good song. And then they don't play it. It's like, could you... There's a reason why in, like, theater they say, hey, if a gun is shown in Act 1, it must fire in Act 2, okay? It's the way it works. Uh, but uh, one of my favorite guys ever um, is uh, is Stephen Lynch, who I've just loved for such a long time. And I've been such a big fan. I mean, I found this dude. Um, my ex-sister-in-law is the one who turned me on to him. And I saw him at the height of his powers at the State Theater when The Craig Machine, that album, had just come out. And it was massive. I mean, dude, everybody knew The Craig Machine, right? And uh, he's kind of like tapered off, but all of his best work has been since then. Like Lion just came out and This Old Heart. And all this stuff is just amazing. But this is uh, this is probably one of my more favorite songs. You can't get away with this nowadays, you know. And I don't know if YouTube will kick us off or if uh, Instagram will kick us off for playing this, but... You probably couldn't make this song nowadays, which is fine, because I'm glad that it lives uh, in the ether. This is called Vanilla Ice Cream. Have a seat and listen. Please don't say a thing. In matters of the heart, sometimes the truth will have a sting. Just don't take it personally. This is no attack. But we will never last because I'm white and you are also white. I only like black girls, the brown girls, the cafe au lait. Caramel girls and mocha girls just blow me away. If you are Nubian, I want you to be in every fantasy. But if you're a whitey, say 90-90, you're just not the girl for me. I love it. God, I love this guy. He's so funny and just down to earth and... 
from Michigan. I mean, I know he lived in New York for a while, but then went out and did like move back to Michigan. He's just like a really good Midwestern dude who just got a beautiful voice and loves to share that gift with the planet. And uh, he's going to be at the Varsity Theater in Dinkytown, U of M campus, coming up next weekend on Friday night. So I just bought a ticket, front row, fucking going by myself, doing my own thing. Because I got tired of buying two tickets and everybody bailing all the time. Bill Burr, I'm going to go see. I had to buy two tickets for that because they make you, you know, 189 fucking dollars for fucking tickets. But I'm like, dude, this is it might be the one and only chance I get a ch- to go see Bill Burr, you know? And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go see him the way I want to go see him, you know? But then the weekend after that, Adam Carolla is in town. And he's going to be at Acme Theater on uh, Friday, Saturday. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. I had a gift certificate that uh, my sister bought me for Christmas to Acme for a couple of shows. So I just like doubled down and just went, I want one ticket to all four shows. And I don't, I don't give a shit about anybody who else. If you guys want to go, go buy a ticket. That's great. You can go buy a ticket. I'm going by myself because I also don't want people to ruin my experience anymore. That shit happens a lot, man. God damn. You used to have to take people to shows and like they were such Debbie Downers all the time. Always with the fucking like, you know, I don't find this funny or, you know, like I wanted to go to this restaurant before or, you know, why is it that you gave your number to the cocktail waitress? Like always on my fucking dick about things. And I was tired of it. So it was just time, you know, start pulling the plug, much like you guys are doing with the uh, cutting the cord with cable. I'm cutting the cord with friends at concerts. You guys are done. Stop ruining my night. Paying good money. I didn't pay a $9 Ticketmaster service fee so I could come here and listen to you bitch all night. They don't have the kind of fucking beer I wanted. Too bad. Go to that bar across the street. I'll meet you when the show's over. (laughs) That's what you want to see. Belligerent Seinfeld. Get the fuck out of my fucking show. These people who go to shows and complain when the other person just wants them to leave and go to a bar across the street until the show's over. Who are these people? (laughs) Merchandise. If you haven't bought any merch yet for A Long Walk to Cleveland, you can do so right now. It's at rudypovich.com. There's also a couple other uh, designs we got up and uh, a few more coming. So uh, I know that Rant and Rudy t-shirt you guys were uh, talking about. I know Mira was kind of on my ass about it. We'll get to it. I promise you we will eventually get to it. I just want to make sure that one is like perfect. You know? It's going to take a little bit of time. The other stuff I can whip up my own, but this one I want like a designer to actually sit down and put it together. But uh, yeah, that should be up soon. In the meantime, make sure you uh, download this podcast and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, and every day, 9.45 a.m. We go live on Instagram. Once again, as I got a coffee burp, thank you guys so much for taking a long walk to Cleveland. Yeah, right on. Scooter, I'm rocking my new shirt today at MOA. Oh, it came. Nice. Very nice. Love that. Well, thank you very much. Really do appreciate it. Somebody had commented earlier in the thread, and I didn't get a chance to say what up. Yeah, this is uh, this is like the T-shirt I'm wearing is basically every every character that was like a main character of Nickelodeon between the years of like 19, it was right after Ren and Stimpy. So like must have been 97, 98 up until like the early 2000s. You know, actually probably before that, 94, because they got Rugrats in there. And Rugrats was still like pretty good. 
you know? They've tried to reboot a couple of these and they've all sucked. SpongeBob is about the only one that's been able to, you know, keep it rolling. And um, yeah, uh, let's see. Lindsay, back when life was simple, long live Nickelodeon. I agree. There's a really good documentary about Nickelodeon on, shit, is it Hulu? I think it's Hulu. But find it. It's really good. It's got everybody that you want on there. It's got everybody from Salute Your Shorts. Remember that show? Man. Today, many eight-year-olds will taste the wrath of Typhoon Budnick. Camp Bonawana, we hold you in our hearts. And when we think about you, it makes me want to fart. That stuff's so good. God, those shows were awful. Uh, Awful Waffle, yep. Pete and Pete, the adventures of Pete and Pete. That was around for a bit. You can't do that on television. Or you can't say that on television? You can't do that or you can't say that on television. I can't remember. Uh, but great documentary. Really good. In fact, it's got uh, it's got Mark Summers from Double Dare in it. And uh, I heard Mark Summers being interviewed. Mark Summers, I think in the last like probably five or six years, has kind of had a little bit of a rough go of life. Um, I think he was diagnosed with something. I don't know if it was cancer. Uh, but he had a couple of shows that he was supposed to start hosting and they fell through and... You know, but still like a really, really genuinely nice guy. And Mark Summers was on a podcast doing an interview once about his book. And in it, he was talking about how big Double Dare was. And not just with like families and with kids, but just like how big that show really was. And it was massive. I mean, I knew a lot of adults because that show was out when I was like 10, 11, 12 in that era. And I knew a lot of adults that watched it. You know, especially families would watch it. And Double Dare was good. And Mark was a great host. And he talked about like how uh, it transcended. How just like everybody knew Double Dare. Everybody know, knew the nose pick game. When you jumped into the giant nose and you, you know, the slime and all that stuff. And he said he was in Las Vegas. And he didn't think he was a celebrity. He didn't realize like, you know, even like uh, I was listening to Matt Damon the other day. And he was talking about how after he won his Academy Award, there was like 18 months where he was like going out and doing things. And people were like coming up to him. You're like, hey, wow, you're that guy. And he's like, he's like, I'm this is so weird because I'm not a celebrity. And even Mark Summers had said, I'm not to that point of my life yet. Like, I'm not there. Like people I know I'm like getting recognized and I'm out doing things and people think that I'm that person. But I'm just I'm not I'm not a celebrity yet. And he's in Las Vegas and he goes down to the stratosphere. He's there for a bachelor party. And he's with like 10 other guys and they're walking through and he sits down at a machine. One of the guys runs into the John and a uh, couple of a uh, couple of hookers walk up and they're like talking to the guys like, hey, you guys want to party or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's just kind of laughing with him like, nah, it's funny. You know, we're here for a bachelor party, but maybe later, you know, ha ha ha. And one of the gals turns and recognizes Mark, walks up, grabs him by the tie, pulls him in real close and goes, you want to take the physical challenge? And he said in that moment. I knew I was a celebrity. I knew I, I knew I, that I had made it because a streetwalker from Las Vegas <laughs> knew about a show on Nickelodeon, on a family television show, knew what the physical challenge was. And that, uh, that said is, yeah, he was like, that's how I knew. That stamped my approval that I knew that I was a celebrity. And I'm like, that's like, that's what a great story, you know? Like some people were like, oh, I was driving down, you know, Hollywood Boulevard and my, I saw my face up on the billboard. Fuck no. Streetwalker was like, hey, I know you. That's how you know that you are famous, that you have made it, my friend. What a killer story. God, what a great story. You can only hope in this business that you get to that level. 
you know, somebody pulls you aside. I noticed that somebody had uh, uh, shot in the, uh, I didn't get a chance to read this, but shot in the, who was it? Let me see if I can back up here. <sighs> oh, Jan, uh, sorry, texting wrong person. Was that you? Or were, were you talking about the, the bit that I do about oops, wrong number? I, that must, I'm hoping that's what it was. Because if that was, then see what I mean? That would be hilarious if I'm out one day and somebody makes a comment and then goes, oops, wrong number. Because it's part of a bit. It's part of a whole thing, right? So that'd be good stuff. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, right on, you guys. Uh, by the way, uh, coming up. Oh, Jan. Oh, see, Jan, you're still there. See? Yes, you knew about it. Woo! Right on, Jan. I appreciate that. Um, coming up, uh, I'm going to be doing another showcase, House of Comedy. I don't mind, like, sometimes when we do, like, some of these shows, I'm like, God, this is all new stuff. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to give you guys brand new material that hasn't been vetted yet. But uh, House of Comedy is coming up on August 24th. If anybody wants a couple of tickets, let me know. I'll put you down on the guest list. And um, it's uh, tw- I'll be doing five, I don't know, there's about, I don't know, 10 comics, 10, 15 comics, something like that. Uh, I'll be getting up doing about a little over five minutes. And um, yeah. And that's those shows I'm just like, dude, don't. Here's the thing about like shows like that. I don't mind so much when we like go out and it's just like a room filled with like other comedians and two or three audience members. You're like, ah, fuck it. If you bomb, who cares? But um, if you drop a, you know, if you drop at a showcase and you bomb and you don't do a bunch of material that's vetted, then that sucks. And you don't ever want to do that to somebody who's like having the first experience of coming to that show, you know? So did a bunch of new material last night at, at Camp Bar that uh, that did well. It was great. And that's a very good crowd. And it's a lot of people and it's a fun show. And if you get a chance, Sunday nights in St. Paul, that is a really good show. It's a lot of people and it's super snappy. It's fast. You know, it's not like one comic who's bombing. He's up there for 10 minutes. It's like, dude, you get three to five and you are off and you're done. But there's a lot of times people working out new stuff. If you get a chance, go and check out that show. It's a really good show. Um, headed up by a guy by the name of James Stanley, who is uh, been a local guy for a long time. Good dude. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, if you guys want to go, it's August 24th. It's Tuesday night. Let me know. I'll put you on the list. And uh, all right. Sounds good. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.